Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. This is the Budget Minded Traveler podcast, episode 24. Welcome to the Budget Minded Traveler podcast, your source for the tips and tactics that will inspire and equip you to travel the world. And the best part? It won't break your bank. And now, the budget-minded traveler herself and your host, Jackie LaLainen. Hey everyone, welcome to the Budget-Minded Traveler podcast, episode number 24. I'm excited to say that this is actually my first episode that I have set to publish while I am not in the country. I'm actually, if you're listening to this in real time, it's the middle of October in 2014, and I am actually in Europe at the moment, somewhere in Bulgaria, Macedonia, or uh, Albania, possibly on my way to Greece. So hello from Europe, sort of. <laughs> um, I am in Europe for both work and play. I have a conference I'm going to in Athens, and we decided to make a trip out of it and hit up some neighboring countries while we're at it. So that's what I'm doing in Europe, and I will be there for a few weeks. Um, so if you want to catch up with me on Facebook, you can follow my travels there and on Instagram as well. All right. Today, I have a very special guest. Um, she is a dear friend of mine. Her name is Cody Cloninger. And she has we I met her while she was still in college. And since college, she really has taken advantage of, you know, breaking the chains kind of like I did and just being able to just go overseas and work and play and kind of do what she wants. And she's um, she's had several jobs overseas and she's volunteered and she has just played and she studied abroad. And so I wanted to bring her on to talk about how especially she has found so many different positions overseas, um, whether it be paid or volunteer. And so she is going to shed some light on that subject for us, both sharing about her experiences as well as what you can do to find work overseas if that's what you're interested in. And I know I've talked about work away before in episode five, I think it was. And that is basically about volunteering abroad. We've also talked about finding work on your long-term travels with Neil Brown in episode six. And then, of course, teaching English abroad in episode nine. 
And the reason that I keep bringing this up is because there are just so many ways to go about this. And it's a subject that so many people I think are interested in, you know, because we would all love to be paid to travel. Um, And so there are, you know, finding ways to make it happen is really important. And so whenever I come across these people who have, you know, more to more to share about this subject, then I'm going to be, um, you know, providing some new resources for you whenever I hear about them. So that's the purpose of today's episode. So we will go ahead and get into the interview with Miss Cody Cloninger. All right. I am so excited to introduce my friend Cody Cloninger to the show. Welcome to the Budget Minded Traveler podcast, Cody. How are you? I'm good. Thanks, Jackie. It's great to be quote unquote here. <laughs> yeah, right. Because where are you right now, actually? I'm actually in upstate New York, right on Lake George. Okay. You are all over the place these days. and I love it, but it's hard to keep track of you. So I've already um, told the audience a little bit about you in the intro, but if you would take a minute to tell us about yourself, um, give us an idea of who you are and what your travel background is. Awesome. Well, um, my name is Cody. I grew up in Bozeman, Montana, and have ever since wanted to really see the world and the U.S. And so after graduating college, I've done my best to find different jobs and different opportunities that kind of pay me to see those places, Um, whether it's through volunteering or getting actually paid. um, I've been able to really get to know a lot of different areas of the world, which has been wonderful. I think that's really the kicker, too, because that's sort of like this, almost like this romanticized idea that it's like, yeah, we would love to find jobs overseas. Some Somebody who would pay me to travel, you know, I mean, a lot of people dream of that. And so that's why I wanted to have you on so that we can kind of shed some light on that and learn about how you've done it. Because I know you've been successful more than once. So what are the kind of positions that you have been able to find overseas and how, how have you found them? Um, I have taught English abroad. I've taught in Central America and I was able to find that through a organization that I actually took a class through. I took a class on learning how to teach English and I ended up teaching English with them in another country. Um, so taking that class and getting that training prepared me to be able to work for them. So was that like a TEFL class? That was, um, I was learning to teach English as a foreign language which even for people who are um, trained in education, it's um, definitely something you can add to your repertoire and something that I learned a lot from and really um, made me more marketable in that level, especially in Central America. Okay, so where did you do your TEFL course? I actually did my TEFL course in Peru, in Cusco, Peru, and had an interview and had a job two weeks after my course in Antigua, Guatemala. Okay. And this is interesting because, um, back in like episode nine or something, um, I had someone on who talked about how she did TEFL in, she did TEFL online actually. And then she went over to Spain and like found a job. And she said that, um, she's basically told me most of what I know about TEFL at this point. So this is where this question is coming from. Um, she said it was much more expensive to do the programs where they help you find a job afterwards. Did you find that to be true or how much like how much was your program? Can you share that with us? Um, 
I can't remember the exact value of my program, but I can tell you that going through an outside organization, like anything that you would find on the internet that's based stateside versus going abroad and getting trained by that organization, just paying. For example, I worked for Maximo Nivelle. If I would have just paid Maximo Nivelle, I would have paid a little bit or, I mean, hundreds of dollars less. Um, okay. And so going, going to the ground or going to that site would have definitely been more affordable. With that said, Maximo Nivelle did not help me find a job but they just happened to have job openings. Um, oh. But it worked out really well with a company like that. They um, often and majority of their staff was hired straight out of their TEFL course. And so they just ended up being to, being able to be in Cusco for six months or being exported to Costa Rica or to Guatemala for their contract. Okay. So you recommend not going through a third party a company, but just going straight to the source, whoever offers the course and just doing it through them, right? Definitely. And that goes for even volunteering abroad. Um, I volunteered in Nicaragua for a while and I went straight to the company and paid the fees that they would charge. And I know people who came through a European company and were paying almost twice as much as I was in rent because they were paying out to that organization and not just to the nonprofit that they were, were volunteering with. Mm, ouch. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So Maximo Nivelle, we've heard about this one that you had in Peru and through that job you went, where did you say you went after Peru? Sorry. Antigua, Guatemala. To Guatemala. That's right. Okay. So, um, what was that position like? Was it just teaching to, to kids or? Um, actually it was teaching to adults, uh, which I was questioning at first cause I really like children and working with kids. Um, but it was really fun. The market itself in Central America and much of South America is teaching to adults because they're trying to get their English up for tourism or for business purposes. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. my my kids were adults, but their their English was so elementary that it made no difference that I was teaching adults instead of kids. Okay. Which that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. That sounds like fun, actually. Um, it was a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah. I taught adults, too, and I loved it. And I would prefer to teach adults over kids. So that sounds like fun to me. <laughs> but um, Okay. So then after this job in Guatemala, was the Nicaragua thing right after that? Or how did that work? Um, no, that was actually just a random travel experience. I decided to... Um, fly to Panama and look for a job to teach English. And I ended up not enjoying the culture I was feeling there. So I made my way up to Nicaragua and volunteered with an organization um, called La Esperanza. And okay. they um, have volunteers work three to four hours in local schools around Granada. And I was just paying rent, essentially, and able to work and volunteer in these communities. That's awesome. So you just took yourself there and then figured it out. Yep, definitely. I utilized some connections, um, but if I would have Googled volunteer Nicaragua, it would have been one of the first hits that I would have come up with on the internet. Okay. And was that expensive? Not at all. I think I was paying $100 rent a month. And then um, for those of you who have traveled, you know that food is really inexpensive. And so I was able to leave, live really economically. Okay. So, I mean, it's, it, it, unfortunately this volunteering abroad thing often costs money when you're going through programs like this. So, but yeah. that is pretty cheap. 
And how yeah. long did you do that? Uh, that was a month. One month. I could have stayed longer if I wanted, but a month was perfect for me. Yeah. And is that something you could go back to? Definitely. Anytime they would take um, anyone walking in, they ask for a month minimum, but okay. um, definitely anytime could go back there and spend more time. And is that, did you get that because you had your TEFL cert by then? Um, no, I helped, but I actually requested not to teach English. I was working on my Spanish and my travels. Mm -hmm. And so I did reinforcement teaching kids math and their alphabet. So, and rather than teaching English, I was working, um, in their native language. That's awesome. Because then that's so much more valuable, I think for you, because that's your goal is to learn Spanish. I mean, that's a lot of our goals when we're traveling, even when we're volunteering somewhere or working, there's still a language goal involved. So that's great that you were able to combine the two, finally. Yeah, yeah. definitely. So what else have you done overseas? Because I know that that's not all. I have spent my past two summers working for a service adventure company um, that takes high schoolers on service trips abroad. I have worked in the Dominican Republic in Santo Domingo for the past two summers um, for different two different trips for kids. And you can kind of think of it as like an abroad summer camp. Oh, kind of, okay. Yeah. Kind of like camp counselors, to put it really simply. Um, but we help to translate for them and help them understand their volunteer projects and take them on immersion and cultural trips along with just living and working with them in the community that we're surrounded by. Okay. And how did you find that job? I actually walked upon that job on a Craigslist ad. Um, (laughs) The specific company that I was looking at was based out of my hometown, which made it really easy. So um, convenient. (laughs) Yeah, it worked really great. I could walk in the front door and do my interview. A lot of their interviews actually done through Skype because that's not the traditional way of finding the company. Um, There are a number of websites like backdoorjobs.com and um, other similar search engines that I can't spit off off the top of my head. If you think of them, we can add them to the... jobs. Okay. If you if you think of them, we can add them to the show notes page. I'm going to put that backdoorjobs.com on the show notes page. So go ahead. But yeah, there's a lot of similar organizations since finding this organization, which is called Visions. um, I have found and talked to a number of other people who have worked with similar organizations. And um, for me, Visions gave me, placed me in a Spanish speaking country because I have a Spanish background and um, it was, it really helped with my position there. But there are also other programs through Visions and through other companies that go to English-speaking programs. So language is not necessarily something you need, but Spanish, French, and mostly Spanish and French are very useful to have for these companies. Yeah, okay. And how much do you make in that position? Like, do they pay for your travels? What's the financial situation like? Um, They pay me for me to go and to leave the country, um, to go to, a, to and leave from a airport of similar cost to what they had paid for, for the trip originally. Um, and then I also get a two month salary, which compared to the other seasonal work that I do, um, is actually really great. And beyond that, they give us food, um, for all our meals. And we had like a local cook come in at night and, we would get a day off to go explore. And so um, it's a very, very good 
situation. Yeah. So you were completely taken care of, like you didn't have any bills while you were there and you were getting kind of a monthly stipend. Yeah, exactly. I turned off my cell phone and I was getting money and the most I would spend is the 50 cents on the fresh mango juice around the corner. (laughs) I love that. (laughs) You got to do that when you're in places like that. Oh, yeah. Every day. (laughs) So how long have you been spending overseas, like in the last couple of years since you've started doing these things? Um, month wise. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I would say, well, my summers are two months abroad. Um, and then last summer I chose not to go home. And so I was, ended up being abroad for a total of five months. And, um, when I taught English, I was abroad for six months. So it's been long chunks of time and it's definitely made my airplane ticket worth it. Um, if I was paying for it, that is right. What a great opportunity to be able to get overseas and just kind of travel and, and keep going with your language goals and stuff like that. That's awesome. Yeah. What I really liked most about it is that I'm not just visiting a place. I'm getting to know a place. So mm-hmm. I really feel like I understand the culture of the Dominican and of Guatemala. And I could um, really expand upon that. And I really just can't stop talking about it because I love it so much. That's so great. And you have people there still. I mean, you keep in touch with friends there in both places, right? Definitely. And are you are you thinking about going back again to the Dominican or are you moving on from that? Um, I'm playing with the idea. I'm very connected to the community that we're a part of. Um, but there are other parts of the world that I want to see and there might be other types or ways I want to see them. Um, so I'm looking into some other opportunities, but definitely wanting to go back to see my director, Alberto. So if hmm. I don't go back for a full summer, um, this organization actually, once you're in it, does week-long trips. If you wanted to plan a a custom program, I could go down to the Dominican and just work for him and work with them for a week or two. Um, right. And then maybe the next summer spend in the Galapagos or somewhere mm. somewhere else. Yeah, so. it sounds terrible. <laughs> yeah, really rough. <laughs> and so um, do you think, since you've kind of done it both ways, um, meaning you found one of your jobs stateside and then went overseas and you found some other ones once you got overseas. Do you think there are advantages to either way of doing that or disadvantages? Like what would you recommend, I guess, that people do? Is it worth doing all the search ahead of time or, you know, like I guess it's hard to to, to guess whether or not you're actually going to find it ahead of time. But what do you think the differences are in between those two? Um, I think it's definitely a case-by-case situation. Um, When you talk about teaching English, they tell you that you'll get paid more if you're on the ground and you're looking for those jobs. Um, But then you're also playing with the idea it might be a down season or they might have just hired a lot of people. So I think no matter what you do, if you decide to go and contact the companies beforehand or do it while you're landing, you should try to um, reach out to them beforehand and like like plan your interview. Because I know people that have done that on the ground and they've been two to four weeks without a job, which in Latin America isn't a whole bunch, but it's it still can put a big dent in a pocket that you might have saved for traveling instead right. of um, just making your means meet, ends meet. Right. Okay. So what other type of recommendations can you give for other people looking to work overseas? Like if you, you just said that you were looking into some other opportunities 
Um, what does that look like? Like, how would you suggest somebody start looking for work abroad? Um, the internet is one of our biggest tools these days. So I would just, some of the coolest jobs that I found, I've literally typed in what I wanted to do and it came up with different links. Like clearly you have to sort through some things, um, but use the search engines that you have, um, that you can get connected to through other search engines and use the people, you know, a lot of the things I learn, I have learned about have been through people I've met and I, there's probably one person in every room that you meet that has done something really cool like this. Um, Mm -hmm. especially since getting in, in that industry, I've been able to meet people that do really cool things. And, um, a lot of them will cross paths in random ways. So, yeah, connections are a great thing. Yes, definitely. Yeah, that's a good point. Well, cool. So are you where where's your next trip? <laughs> um, I'm really looking at getting to Southeast Asia at some point and hoping to do it so I'm not spending my winter at home. Um, so I'm looking at possibly there and doing some woofing to keep it an economical trip as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, keep uh, Workaway in mind too and HelpX because those are awesome ways to get overseas without spending I mean besides your ticket obviously but those can definitely help out too yeah definitely so if anybody happens to have questions for you is there somewhere that they can find you if that's all right with you yeah actually I have a blog and if you just want to read about what I do or if you want to get in touch with me you can definitely find me there it is Cody's open road dot blogspot.com and my name is spelled k-o-d-e-e i'm gonna put that one on the show notes because people might not remember that so (laughs) well great well good luck finding your uh your next i guess avenue for work overseas because it's pretty exciting i really hope it works for you to get to southeast asia it's an amazing place and yeah, maybe you'll have to come in and report back and let us know how what happened and if you found something and how you found it. Because I know a lot of people are interested in working overseas. So Yeah, definitely. All right. Well, we'll have to talk to you again sometime about more of this stuff. I will let you know when I have more to say or awesome. find out more, more avenues to help. Yeah, sounds good. All right. Thanks so much for coming on, Cody. We'll talk to you soon. All right. Thanks, Jackie. All right. I hope you enjoyed that interview with Cody and were able to get something out of it. She mentioned a bunch of good little resources there. I'm going to have everything on the show notes page, which you're going to be able to find at thebudgetmindedtraveler.com slash 24. Um, And I was already checking out some of the links that she mentioned, and it was just getting my mind reeling. You know, I I forwarded it to my husband and I said, pick one, you know, (laughs) just um, there's so many jobs out there. There's so many opportunities. And one of the things that she mentioned was Craigslist. And that's a really good point. And I just wanted to add something to that real quick is that when I first um, dragged Nate with me to Italy um, back in 2009, we actually found work right away via Craigslist in Rome. And that kind of got us on our feet and at least gave us something, you know, to, to replenish those initial funds as we were adjusting to life in Italy, etc. And we, we kept that job for only like three weeks or a month or something before we found a different one, which was via Workaway. Um, but Craigslist is a very viable option. And like Cody said, she actually found hers, her job in the Dominican through her local Craigslist, which is kind of crazy, but it's not 
I mean, it's not su- it's not unheard of, you know. I mean, I go on my Craigslist and I and I see people looking to recruit somewhere in Latin America, um, you know, or even even like teaching English in Asia, you know. So keep an eye on Craigslist, and you can always check Craigslist worldwide if you aren't aware there is Craigslist in like almost every country. Uh, I mean, I don't know about every country, but it's all over the world. And so um, definitely if you have a destination, a specific destination in mind, go to Craigslist and see if they have anything on there um, for that country. And that brings up another issue that I was talking to Cody about afterwards. I forgot to ask her during the interview, but it was about visas. And she never actually had an issue with visas because she was never in um, in any of those countries long enough to to go over her her visa. And when she was in the Dominican, she was working for an American company. And so that was her longest job. And so it all worked out visa-wise. And I wanted to highlight one other tip that Cody shared, which was Googling what you want to do. It's something that seems so simple that we would almost forget about it. <laughs> but Say you want to lead zipline tours in Costa Rica or something, you know, like go to Google and type that in and just see what comes up, you know, or if you want to teach English in Indonesia, you know, just just go to Google and type it in and just see what happens, see what comes up. Obviously, there's going to be lots of things probably for you to filter through. But like she said, she found some of her coolest jobs by doing that. And that's such a simple thing that can get us started, you know, and can stumble across other websites like the one she mentioned, backdoorjobs.com. That's a super cool website, by the way. So definitely check that out. And like I said, I will have all this stuff on the show notes page. And I would encourage you to check it out if you're interested in working abroad. I mean, it's a really great way to travel and actually connect with the community, like Cody was saying, you know, and it's also a bit lighter on your finances, a bit less pressure if you can find a way to work, you know, to get paid while you're abroad. So you don't have to sacrifice too much financially and you get to be rooted in one place for a while. And it's just a great way to travel. So if you have the opportunity and if you are interested, I would definitely encourage you to get online and start re- doing some research for yourself and looking into some opportunities of what you might want to do. So and with that being said, I'm all done for today. And I will be back with you next week as I am still traveling through Europe. But I've got I, I'm still going to have an episode for you every week. So. We'll see you next week, and thanks a lot. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.